Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Thank you for being here. I hope you all have just had a wonderfully blessed week. You're starting off this Wednesday strong and ready for a good giggle. I am thrilled to have one of my dearest and oldest friends here uh, in the studio. And we're going to discuss kind of the perils of what it's like to be a single woman. I've been out of the game for a while, but I know so many of my listeners are single and out there mingling in this wild fucking world of online dating. And I would love to hear an outside perspective. You've heard about it from the Georgia Law Lady. You've heard about it from, you fuck my mom being back on on the market. But uh, I wanted to talk to one of my oldest and dearest friends. I just, we were having wine last night and we were going through some of her options. And I was like, we have got to fucking talk about this in a bigger picture sense uh, on the podcast. So I'm excited to bring my friend in. And also I've noticed I get the biggest reaction when I just bring in like, you know, good old boys, if you will. Uh, The people in my life who've known me the longest, this is a safe space for us all just to share and connect and to giggle our fucking asses off. Because guess what? The world is crazy, honestly and truly. So I want you to buckle up, put on your thinking cap, your breastplate of righteousness, your shin guards of truth, and uh, Jesus be a fence because we're going to giggle and go down memory lane. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast my dear friend and sorority sister, Elizabeth Howard. Ladies and gentlemen, here she is, member of PKP, member of Delta Gamma from Ole Miss, one of my dearest and greatest friends, here to really give you a truth bomb about dating and life and really, I don't know, to air my dirty laundry. Elizabeth Howard. Hey, y'all. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm great. I'm loving it here at uh, Camp McMahon. (laughs) We're doing it. I'm bunked up. Mm -hmm. How's your experience been? What would you rate us on Airbnb? I I don't know how to rate Airbnb. Mm Mm-hmm. But I would definitely give you a 10 out of 10. Great. That's what we need. I mean, my drinks are given to me constantly. I'm totally waited on at every moment. Turned on service in the bed. Yep. All my meals. You fix my plate for me. What more can I ask for? I truly believe in Southern hospitality. Nothing makes me more uncomfortable than when I go to somebody else's house. If there's not a meat and cheese plate out, what are we doing here? (laughs) Yeah, you just keep the wine flowing and I'm good. Right. But I at least need like some sort of knick-knack, nosh, snack. You feel me? Yeah. We had like seven courses last night. We did. Snacks. We, we did. And then we had the keto snacks at the very end, which I think you're supposed to do the healthy snacks like before. And I don't even know if they're that healthy because it's just like like <laughs> heavy cheese and nuts. <laughs> but it is what it is. It was great. I love it. I love it here. I, wanna, I want y'all to adopt me. Great. You already are adopted. You're in. Right. I'm in. 
So Howard, we were having a moment last night. We were looking through your online dating situation and it was so appalling. And it this is to me is such a common theme with so many of my listeners. You know, it's a lot of single gals and guys out there and they'll message me and the, so many of the voicemails on the Absolutely Not line are like, I got to tell you about this horrific date I went on. So I would love if you feel comfortable to share some of your stories. And I really want to hear from your perspective what it's like to be dating out on the mean streets. And you're in Nashville. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And not to mention, not just dating in your 30s. Yeah. But also in COVID. Oh, yeah. Let's break it down. It's a whole other level. I really went into it with trying to have an open mind. You know, trying to say, I said, okay, I'm not going to judge anyone based on their looks. Yeah. Their height. I don't care. I'm 5'2". Like, it doesn't matter. Right. And what I learned with that is you, that's really how you get in trouble. You know, like there should, there's a screening process for a reason. So if you lower your expectations, that's when you actually get bad results. Yeah, it okay. doesn't. And the thing is, and Robin knows. Yeah. You message these guys. Anyone can sound normal over a message or a text. Right. And then you see him in real life and it's just. You're like, he has no legs and you, didn't warn yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> this is the worst part for me. I know immediately. So, like, I get there, I can see them from 10 yards away, and I'm like, this is never going to happen. Right. Do you know? And then I'm like, well, now I'm stuck here. So, can you walk us through some of the interesting messages that you've gotten, like, Mm. about the guy with the teeth? That was fucking bizarre. Yeah. So, there's this guy, and I've actually seen him on two apps now. So, I did block him. Okay. But he told me immediately, I really like teeth. I'm really into teeth, and you have great teeth. And he was not in any sort of dental field. No, 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 no. Okay. And I said, thank you. And he was like, let me guess. Did you have braces? Like, yeah, you know, a lot of people did, you know, middle school. He wanted to know like the dates of my braces. No. How long did I have them? Did I still wear my retainer? And then he would even say like, I'm really into teeth, by the way. I'm like, yeah, I noticed. So he got blocked. I mean, what what was he going to ask you to do next? Like send me a photo of you naked with your retainer in? Oh God. Or like, I think he wanted like a dental imprint maybe, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wanted to see your <laughs> x-rays. <laughs> yeah. No, he I probably mean, wanted, there's a thing. This is so gross. Oh, no. If anybody's kids are listening, well, one, your kids should never listen to my <laughs> podcast, but there's a thing where like you can get a mold of your vagina <gasps> for like, you know, your significant other. I bet he wanted you to send him a mold of your teeth. Maybe. Yeah. That's I mean, disgusting. this is the kind of guy that you would go to Red Lobster with, be disappointed. <laughs> He'd take you home, but he's like really good looking like American Psycho. Oh, yeah. And then you get to his house. And he's like, did you bring your retainer? Now I want you to suck my dick with your retainer. And you're like, no. No. No, Daryl. Absolutely not. So, okay, so men with teeth. Yeah, the, the messages are weird. And then like people's demeanor can be very strange. Okay. Person. Do you know what I mean? Like walk us through. Like, so one guy I went out with, we like walk up to the host stand. We, you know, ask, for, you know, I assume we're going to ask for a table or spot the bar. And he's almost like afraid to speak to the host. It's like, he's like, looks at me and looks back at her and looks at me and I'm like, yeah, there's two of us. Like, I don't, You're like Johnson party of two. I, I don't understand. Did he not have like the gumption? He didn't show up with like that assertive energy. Right, right. You wanted and him like, to take charge. Yeah, yeah. And I can do, I can do stuff for myself. Like I can right. open the door even. That's fine. But yeah, no. So that's weird. Like making arrangements for dates is very weird, especially in COVID. Right. You got to wear your mask and then it's like, you know, are we going to sit outside or what, you know, how are we going to meet? Are we going to recognize each other? And then the whole thing of what people order. Oh. So you can tell a lot by what people order. Okay. So like one guy I went out with, you know, I mean, it's 2020. 
Mm-hmm. I drink every day. Right. For survival. <laughs> Amen, sis. Like, I don't know how you could live, be living at this point and not. I mean, listen, the, the podcast listeners are great A alcoholics. Okay, so. cheers. Yeah. So, so we go to have some margaritas, right? Two, two restaurant margaritas. Like, they're good, but they're not that strong, you know? Mm-hmm. And this guy's like, wow, I don't know if I'm going to be able to drive home. I haven't had any drinks in a while. And I'm just like, I don't think this is a match. <laughs> First of all, you're a grown man. And you can't handle two margaritas. Right. But this was the guy that you said came in and he could, you could smell the creatine like yes. coming oh, out God. of his pores. Okay, so he was telling me he calculated mm-hmm. how many hours a week he spends at the gym. Which is how much? 22. That's a full-time job. I said, that's a whole day yeah. of your week. And you spend it. He goes, I know I go twice a day. And no. I'm like, but why? Uh-uh. And he's like, I just love it. I have to tell you guys about an amazing new service I found called FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. From art prints to posters to the photos sitting on your phone, you can literally use FrameBridge for honestly just about anything. Here's how it works. You just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical photos. You know, we all have like a box of those just amazing old school junior high photos that you want to get framed. Well, you can do it with FrameBridge. Preview your items online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. Choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their very talented designers. The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished pieces straight to you or anyone on your list. A handcrafted, beautiful, personalized gift from FrameBridge starts at only $39 and all the shipping is free. We love that. Plus, my listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use my code absolutely. So get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Christmas is around the corner. This is an amazing, thoughtful, tender gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code absolutely to save an additional 15% off your first order. Go to framebridge.com, promo code absolutely. That's framebridge.com, promo code absolutely. So, so the best part, okay, this is the best part of the story. So I had learned at this point, okay? Mm-hmm. You make plans for drinks only. Okay. You have a solid exit strategy. You have to have plans afterwards and you're meeting people in public, right? You right. gotta have a way to get out of there. So I, I tell this guy, okay, yeah, two drinks, you know, good luck driving home. Be careful. You know, I'm going to meet my friends. Go with God. I get an Uber and this Uber picks me up. He's like some good old guy from around, you know, Middle Tennessee. And I'm on the phone with my girlfriend. I'm like, oh God, I just got out of there. He told me about his workouts. You know, I'm headed to dinner. I'll see you in a minute. And my Uber driver starts laughing. He's like, oh, um, you know, bad night. And I'm like, sorry, I just went on this weird online dating day. You know, whatever. Like, forget it. He goes, uh, I got some beers in the back. You want one? You're like, hell yeah, And I daddy. said, hell yeah. He pulled over, got me a Miller Lite out of the trunk. I let him make the block a few times. So I had time to finish it before dinner. Hell yeah. It was great. He was so sweet. How old was the guy? Um, like 40s, married with two kids. So he knew. He was like, listen, I'm doing the Uber driving right now yeah. during the COVID. Hell yeah. He's like, you know, as soon, on my, my last ride home, I <laughs> pop open two million lights. <laughs> or more. Or more. Yeah. No, he was like, you know, I feel so bad for you girls. I can't imagine what it's like out there. Right. And I'm like, it's horrific. And then he was like, but, you know, I'm married with two kids and I do this job to get away from them. So I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> Grass is always greener. You're like, hey, hey, uh, d- uh, Mark, who's just driving <laughs> around with the Miller Lite. Oh my God, I love it. Well, I know like you have a lot of ladies mm-hmm. listening to your podcast. Mm-hmm. So they are going to understand this. But if you, ladies, if you have a brother, mm-hmm. just let him know. Like you have to wear real pants to a first date. 
Who hasn't worn pants? Um, well, one guy showed up in full wind pants. L- like an actual, like Adidas jogger suit or no, just, just the wind pants? Just the wind pants. No, 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 tight, no. Tight, tight, short sleeve top. Was he in shape? No. Oh, sweet Jesus. I mean, if you're going to go full athleisure, it's one thing to show up and like your Lulu's, you know, you got yeah. the pants on, you got yeah. the windbreaker, you got the cool sports jacket. That's a vibe. You went for a specific themed look and you you owned it and you went into it and you showed up at the restaurant with confidence. This guy just has joggers on the bottom, tight tee on top, but isn't in shape. Also, you're going to the restaurant at the top of the JW Marriott. You know, you got to, it's not like we're going for a hike. So he took you to a nice restaurant and Great showed up in joggers. Yeah, I was so scared they weren't going to let us in. And then what happened? How was the day? Well, this was my mistake. I okay. agreed to dinner because mm. he sounded normal over text. This is where you have to be careful. Right. You can't, you can't trust him on the text. It's really wild. When we started laughing about, you know, going through a lot of these guys on the apps, like well, there was one guy named Jason, spelled J-A-S-I-N. I'm like, Jason, no. Jason <laughs> Derulo, like fucking relax. <laughs> these guys like write something that's like, you'd be surprised to know about me. It's like, I love uh, Granny Smith apples and I'll suck on your big toe till it bleeds. <laughs> like that kind of shit yeah. where you're like, none of these guys, there's a kink, a quirk about all of them. Whatever happened to just old fashioned, Hey, listen, do I maybe, you know, down the line, will I ask to maybe put it in your butt? Sure. But for the most part, I pay my taxes. I'm a wonderful citizen and I'm scared, you know, scary movies scare me. Right. Whatever just happened to that normal level of just freaky deek? These guys don't know. No. They just have no idea. And this is the problem. Right. If they look too perfect on the profile, Mm -hmm. you know, they're absolutely horrible. Mm -hmm. Like no guy needs to have, no straight man needs to have a perfect online dating profile. Like that's scary itself. Okay. I hear you. Right. Because then they're too into themselves. Their pictures look too like procured. Like, no, 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 no. But then there's no middle ground. They're either like really procured or they're well on the other end where they have like just obnoxious shit on their profile or all their pictures are the same selfie four times in a row, but different places in their house. Same shirt, (laughs) same blue shirt, one in front of the window, one in the bathroom, one in the bedroom, or the one laying on the couch is my favorite with the dog. Listen, it's the oldest joke that everybody's been running around with like, oh, it's always a guy who has the fish in his in his photo. Right. But truly, it's I think when we were looking through a lot of your pics from Nashville, it's the guy in the field with like a like a lamb or like a like a a small small calf. And you're like, okay, if they have the mesh hat on, they're a little too country. And shout out to all my country folk. I love you. Right. But that's gonna be like you need somebody who's a little bit more metropolitan and lives in Nashville proper. Right, right, right. You know, you're not trying to tend to a farm anytime soon. That's not really my vibe. Right. For women at least. I feel like there's already such a large amount of the ratio of single women to men. Mm -hmm. Well, at least in Atlanta and Nashville, it's like 80-20. Yeah, it's crazy. There are so many women in Nashville and Atlanta that are single. But, you know, half these dudes are bald, Mm -hmm. okay? And no Mm -hmm. hate, no shade to anybody who's lost a little bit of hair. I think a bald man's sexy. Yeah. But their expectations of what they want in a woman is such bullshit. They're like, I need you to be perfect 10 Claudia Schiffer at her heyday. Yeah. And, but you can't even... You show up with no hair or with no real pants, no real pants, fake pants. I'm asking you to put on a clean tee yeah. and maybe a spritz of cologne. Yeah. yeah. Bathe first. Bathe. Yeah. Simple hygiene. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to some of these guys, you know, other than the teeth. Have you had any just really freaky things people have asked you and it's like, you know, you just message them. Hey, uh, you know, how was your day? And then they're like, I want to. I don't know, lick your shins. Like, has it no, ever gotten weird? There was the one guy that said he liked to sniff butts. 
I'm sorry, what? Yeah, there was that one guy. Remember the guy who said that he he has dogs and uh-huh. I'm like, what do your dogs like to do? And he's like, sniff butts like their dad. You're like, absolutely not, sir. No, that's so uh, not funny and not appropriate and disgusting. It, no. Yeah, no. And you want me to go meet you in a public place? <laughs> a lovely um, listener sent in an, an, an inst- Wow, I just had a stroke. Um, an Instagram DM and she said that a guy messaged her and said, you have beautiful eyes. I want to lick them. Why? What does that even mean? What does that even mean? And how is that possible? Is he going to hold the lids back? Yeah. Are you, you how, Is he going to prop them open? I'm pretty sure you can spread cold sores that way. I'm uh, not trying for sure. to get you to lick the eye. Oh, speaking of cold sores, remember the guys with all the cold sores in their photos? Here, go, hey, go out with me and get herpes. Literally, a guy just <laughs> took on his worst day, full flare up, and he was like, eh, it's a Tuesday, I'm going to post this photo. I feel like it, the, the expectations for what we're getting from the male side oh, yeah. is so low. They're not brushing their hair. Mm-mm. They're taking selfies, like laying down at a bad angle. You're putting up your cutest stuff. You're making sure the lighting's right. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're an absolute catch. And I just feel like it, it, the... It is not fair. It's a seesaw of emotion mm-hmm. because the women are so high and the men are rock bottom. Yeah. And I'm not like that extra. Like I can. Not like, at all. The one guy that poured me a glass of wine into a mason jar and I drank it and I was okay with it. It tasted good. Wait. Yeah. Okay. You just had a. I mean, we're, literally, we're, we're Southern. Yeah. We love I a thing restaurant a with a mason a jar. Yeah. But he didn't have Hell a proper yeah. wine glass. No, he, and not only did he serve it in the mason jar, he whipped open the dishwasher and pulled it out and kind of gave it a look, which made me wonder, <laughs> was it clean? Don't know for sure. But at this point, I was, I mean, it was too late. And I'm like, all right, I had to drink it. And was it, like, well, you would have known if like it was hot to the touch. It yeah, was just gone yeah. through no, the it, dry it, heat yeah, it, it cycle. Wasn't, it definitely was not feeling like it would have been sterilized or anything like that, no. And I still gave it. I went on a second date with that guy. You did? Yeah. It was worse. Imagine <sighs> if it could be worse. But, you know. God. Obviously, this year, a lot of us haven't been able to see our family members or have those, you know, family reunions that we wanted. But the cool thing is, there's an awesome company called StoryWorth that is making a really cool way to connect with the people that we love in, in a weekly way. I'm talking about StoryWorth. Let's get into it. Here's the deal. Uh, StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun new way to engage with family, especially those you can't always see in person. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family members different story prompts, like questions you've not never thought of. Like, what's a small decision you made that ended up making a big impact on your life? So you're having these really like intimate, thought-provoking moments all through you know the safety of essentially an email. Listen, reading the weekly stories is a fun way that just can make your family feel close even if you're not together. After one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your stories that you've been sharing back and forth with your loved ones, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that is shipped for free. Honestly, when it comes to like, what are you going to get people that you love in your life for the holidays, StoryWorth to me just goes above and beyond. It's a sentimental way, a thing that you're actually going to cherish. I think about if I would have had StoryWorth around before my dad passed and had those beautiful memories all compiled into one book, like just to have that there, it would be so, so just memorable and important to me. 
Give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash absolutely. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash absolutely for $10 off. Now back to the podcast. These guys in this, like they're just, a lot of them are too insecure, I think too. Okay. Like they're just kind of insecure. They don't know how to handle a woman who can take care of herself. Now, what do you think that is? And I'm not turning the tables on us. Like, what have we done wrong? But yeah. what do you think we can do as as women, as a culture, yeah. to build these men up so that they can show up to a restaurant and go, hey, Johnson, party at two. This is me and my bitch. Right. Let's roll. We're going to get the seafood tower <laughs> and you're going to serve it promptly. <laughs> I think sometimes I tend to do this. I'm like, if someone offers to help me, I'm like, I got it. Yeah. Now, if a guy reaches for the door, I don't like take it away from him or anything. But like, I can open the door myself. Right. Like uh, sometimes I think I need to like back up a little and you know let I mean? the guy feel let, like he's in a in yeah, a position to yeah. kind of cater yeah. and take care of you. Right. But sometimes they just don't know how is the other thing. But if they're not taking initiative, there's nothing more unattractive than a man who doesn't take the like make plans. That's the whole theme of online dating. These guys, I could show you a hundred messages. The guy saying, "Hey, how's your day?" And then nothing happens after that. Or, "What are you doing this weekend?" Not much. What are you? What about you? No, nothing. Crickets. Like, it's just like, well, we're, I don't want you to be my pen pal. Like, <laughs> I have plenty of friends. We're not in a war. This isn't the 1800s. Yeah, like, I don't, don't want to write you love letters. Yeah. No, I just need you to like take me out and buy me a couple glasses of wine and a real wine glass. Again, I feel like you're not asking for much. No, I'm really not. And here's the thing. Let's back up just a little bit. You and I went to Ole Miss together. We yeah. were Delta Gammas. Yeah. Uh, shout out to all my DG sisters. But I felt like you and I had similar dating experiences at Ole Miss. There were, and listen, I am not throwing Mississippi under the bus. It was an amazing place with amazing people. Yeah. And surprisingly, a lot of culture. Like I I, I revere um, Oxford, Mississippi and just like the most tender parts of my heart. Right. But dating wise, you know, it is a little bit of a stereotype in the South. There were so many women who were looking to get married, who were looking oh, for yeah. that husband. Yeah. So you and I were like, we don't want to get married at 22. We were kind of having fun doing our thing. Right. But we had very different dating experiences in college. And I think a lot of our other friends did. Totally. Who were in these really serious relationships. Yeah. No, I could not. I was the same way even in high school. Yeah. It was me too. like, you know, guys could come and go and it was fine. They liked me, want to call me, take me out, whatever. But I was there to be with my girlfriends. Yeah. Like, whatever my girls want to do, that's what I was doing. Like, you know, stuff with DG or just college in general. I wasn't worried about getting a date for something. Like, half the time, I don't even know who I took for my date half the time for oh, stuff. You and me both. Yeah, I, would I don't take, even like, remember. the guy who blacked out at the SAE house. Because I was like, <laughs> same. hey, okay. Phil looks like a yeah. good time. No, the SAE parties were the funnest. The funnest. And also, <laughs> every time I walked in that house, I was like, I may die tonight. Yeah. That's Shout out we, to SAE. Hey, we really could have used those, like the nail polish back then where you could test the roofies. Yeah. We could have used that back we then. We could have used 2005. <laughs> Would have been useful. We should have invented that. There were just, well, when you went to the SAE house and I, there was just such a, a level of new drugs that they had made in the in house. The, in the bathtub. In the bathtub. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. You were like, I didn't know that, you know, if you took a couple wood chips, some <laughs> paint thinner and ranch dressing, you could get fucked up. Great night. Have a great night. <laughs> have a great night. Yeah, but we always made it back, you know? We, always, we kept an eye on each other. We did. Yeah, we made it. We all looked out for each other. When I look at, like, the guys that I dated, and, and not to name names, but I wouldn't even date, but I made horrible, bad decisions. Yes. And I don't know if it was just because I went for the guys who were funny and fun and a little, like, outgoing. Because yeah. I was like, oh, I thought I needed somebody who matched my energy. Right. 
But now, like with Jeff, I'm like, oh, he's the only person who can tell me to sit down, shut up. I'm being a crazy yes. bitch. And I'm like, you're right. Yes, sir. Yeah, you need that. But I, I now realize I have to date somebody who's the opposite of me, who's mm-hmm. grounded, has her shit together, yeah. and knows how to like pay their taxes. Yeah. No, I think no guys at Ole Miss wanted to go out with me because I fell on the stairs all the time. <laughs> Uh, every They're like place. this bitch is gonna have a torn every ACL. establishment public place I could I fell down the flight of stairs outside the burgundy room for sure oh god I slid it onto the sidewalk yeah uh-huh like they held the door open for me and just let me slide all the way out yep to the that, sidewalk sounds about right um the chaos I levitated over the staircase once <laughs> like full <laughs> body just like shoom, like straight down the stairs yeah there was a pressure though you know because we were getting way too drunk at parties I think just coming out of college, like I didn't have, I thought I had serious boyfriends in college, not even serious. Yeah. I knew I was never going to marry them. I knew I'm like, listen, we're dating for six months. The sex is sort of decent. And I feel like you can be fun at a date party, but right. by no means do I want to live in Moss Point, Mississippi the rest of my life. Fuck that. Like fucking kill me. Yeah. Shout out to anybody from the coast. Love y'all. We uh, love you. No, I agree, Heather. But I think I kind of have a theory on that. Okay. I think, and of course, like everyone wants you know, individual people, like girls that we knew or people we knew, they went for what they wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think for us, like, we didn't have a lot of family pressure. Okay, good point. I think, like, I didn't have any pressure from my dad being like, you need to be married and why aren't you doing this? And, you know, he was like, you you got to get a job. And right. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to work. I want to get a job. I want to, like, move to Nashville by myself with no job and figure it out. Right. You know, I don't care if a guy comes along or not. Right. And I think, I feel like your parents were the same way, supporting you, saying like, go for your dreams. Do what you want to do. Move to LA, move to New York. I knew there was just a turning point. Like I I knew at this one moment in time, this guy I was dating in college, he was like, I've never been to New York and I don't think I ever will. He goes, too busy. And I just remember thinking, this is, I took you to a date party and that's that's the extent of how this is going to go. Right. You've never, too busy? You don't even want to go to New York? You well, don't even want to, do a one loop on the ice skating rink at Rockefeller once. once. That's the thing you got to learn in dating. Yeah. Now they say opposites attract and there are certain things like you're saying about you and Jeff, your personalities. Those right. things are good. Like the yin and yang. That's good. But you really overall need someone that kind of likes the same stuff as you. It just totally. makes it easier. It does. Like you like a big city weekend? Like good. You want to take me out tonight? I like to go out and have nice dinners or see things or travel. Like I need someone that wants to do that. Not a guy that's going to say he doesn't have his passport. <laughs> Oh, that's not going to work for me. If you don't have a passport, I don't even need you in my friend group. (laughs) You're out. I mean, unless you're like dad is secretly in the CIA and he says like, it's a security risk. You can't leave the country. They're going to get you. Right. I understand that. Other than that, if you haven't even been to Cancun once, what do we have in (laughs) common? Yeah, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. We're going into the holiday season and I don't have time to, uh, you know, feel crappy the next day after drinking. That's why I always keep DHM Detox in my purse, in my bag, in my my bedside table, wherever it needs to be. I got it. DHM Detox is a vitamin for people who like to enjoy their drinks. Enjoy your holiday drinks this year and get back to doing what you love the next day without feeling awful. Forget the Sunday scaries and feeling like garbage. All you do is take two capsules after your first couple of drinks and it goes to work. Tens of thousands of people are using DHM Detox as their drinking buddy. And it essentially uses you know, science, which is a thing that I don't know a lot about, but they do. And it breaks down the toxins in your body that actually make you feel like crap, okay? It's not just about the lack of water intake. You're missing minerals. You got the poisons in your body. DHM Detox helps you feel better the next day. Uh, This is a great gift, a great stocking stuffer. You know, get it for your Aunt Linda who likes to be a booze hound. 
It's a no-brainer. No Days Wasted offer is a offers a risk-free purchase. So if you don't love it, they'll refund you on your first box. Why not try it? Why not live your best life and put your best foot forward on New Year's Day? Because guess what? You got the DHM Detox. I've got you 20% off your order and free shipping in the US. Just head over to nodayswasted.co slash absolutely and you use promo code absolutely at checkout. Again, that's nodayswasted.co slash absolutely for 20% off DHM Detox. Now back to the podcast. So once you learn those things, uh-huh. this is when it gets hard. Yeah. Because then it's not even being picky. It's just knowing, okay, I know I'm not going to be happy mm-hmm. if I don't have these certain things. So you just got to keep waiting. What are and your certain not, yeah, things? And it's not a list. It's not like this height, this yeah. blue eyes or whatever. I don't care about any of that shit. I mean, you literally said earlier, like, I don't care if this guy has a face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just you know, I don't care if he, I mean, I, I really, you know. You just don't want sweatpants and for you to show up with like, a bad attitude. Yeah. Just make it, make a reservation where pants with a button. Yeah. I'm, no, that's all I'm asking. All I need, this is all I need. I don't care about the, what it is, like their personality traits, uh-huh. where they're from, whatever. I just need someone that's all about me. Oh, hell yeah. Right? Gucci gang. Like, I just need a guy that's like, Elizabeth's cool. I like hanging out with her and I like hanging out with him. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, it's literally that easy. I mean, honestly. Because this is the thing, Heather. Yeah. These guys, you, I meet on the apps. It's so surface level. Okay. Like I go into it kind of like, okay, I want to meet you, become friends first. Like just get to know you. Right. And these guys don't want to really like get to know your personality. Is it because they, they just want like, to put their to penis inside body. you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, so they're not, they're just like, they're, it's just very, very surface level. Like, yeah. And I'm like, this is not a fun time for me that it's like pulling teeth to talk to you for an hour when I could just go hang out with my girlfriends and have way more fun or call my grandmother for an hour. It'll be more fun than this. Okay, and I don't know. I think we can say this. We'll say it very loose. We have a mutual friend who caught her lover yeah. on, a, on a, a site situation and it was a very, like, he was just going for quick, quickie mm-hmm, hookups. Mm-hmm. And we were having a conversation about it saying, I don't understand and I think it's just because men are wired differently. I couldn't imagine just, you know, if I was single or whatever, finding somebody on a website and being like, I'll be at your house in seven. Oh. I don't know what you smell like what your teeth look like. I don't know. Are you going to lock me up in the basement? It's not even the safety thing. Like the safety thing's one thing, but if you're a chick and you're willing to go on one of these like fetish sites where you're like, I'm willing to spread them in the back of an Arby's, like that, then we got, yeah. we got bigger issues. Right. But just that quick instant sexual gratification is not the same for women as it is for men. So I think you're like, I want to get to know you. Like I need yeah. the personality. Yeah, a yeah, dick yeah. pic does nothing for me. I no. need to know that you're also going to like, send me like a cutie photo later with like, yeah, you know, I don't know, you in Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like, I don't care. Like there are these guys, there's some guys, they'll just text and text and text. How was your day today? Well, what are you doing tomorrow? It's like, this is nothing to me. You're I like, don't again, talk I want to talk I want you to make plans. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk logistics with you. Like I'm living my life on my own, mm-hmm. you know? So I just want, and I, and it's important to me too. Like I want a guy who is driven in his career okay. and likes that I want to work. You know yeah. what I mean? I can tell that some of the guys I've gone out with, you can tell. They're just kind of like, oh, like, so, you know, how long have you had that job? Or like, or they don't ask anything about your job. And that's how you know. It's like, they're not When people it. don't ask, if you're sitting down for a new conversation. Yeah. And people don't ask you about yourself. Yeah. To me, it's the biggest turnoffs. I could not agree more. And maybe it's because I do podcasting. So I like to interview, but I'm yeah. always like, tell me everything. Yeah. Like, tell me about yourself. Where are you yeah. from? 
it's wild to me. There, there, there's something, it's like almost a psychological tick that if I've sat down with somebody new and they're not like, tell me about yourself. I automatically am like, okay. Something's like not right. Something's not adding up here. Right. Like, because that's the thing. Some of these guys will say things to me like, I really like you. I think you're a great person. And I'm like, you don't even know me. And that's what bothers me. Right. Don't tell me that you like me when I feel like I don't, you don't even know me because then I just feel like you're lying. You haven't even asked me you know, what I'm doing for Thanksgiving, yeah. you dumb dick. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's weird. And then, and then there's the guys, cause like I love sports and not like the guy has to love sports, but it is kind of awkward. Sometimes I go out with guys and then like, I know more about sports than them. Right. And then that's also another weird dynamic. Like he doesn't have to be like, you know, a psycho old fan like me. Yeah. Please don't be a coach, please. No, that's another thing. I don't need that. But, you know, just like talk to me about it a little like, Which is ironic. I just want to watch the Titans on Sunday. Because I hate sports. Yeah. Except Formula One. So for me, if I were to go on a date, like I'm, okay, you know, what is this, basketball or soccer? <laughs> I can't tell the difference. Yeah, it's just, it's so weird. There's a lot of weird people out there. And I think some of them, I know for a fact, their mothers would be ashamed. Absolutely. The guy with the wind pants, for sure. Or the guy asking a lot about the teeth. Like at some point, if the mom found out that her son had a fetish about mm-hmm. braces, I mean, honestly, it's a little fucking creepy. The right. fact that he's asking, he wants to know about like your younger days of your orthodontics. Exactly. There's fucking Exa- something that's weird. Dark. That's dark. Who diddled him at Christmas? Yeah. You know what <laughs> so, I mean? Something's not right. Aunt Linda, what no, what happened? No. So yeah, you're totally I don't right. fucking trust it. Yeah. I do think it maybe it should be like a therapy session where you sit down and you're like, okay, these are two secrets. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I sleep with socks on. I stole my neighbor's mail once. I love the Gilmore girls. (laughs) I need, tell me two, like it can be sort of surface level secrets. Right, right. But I need to know one bad thing about you going into it so I can judge whether or not you're going to peel my skin off. Oh yeah. As soon as we leave margaritas. Oh yeah. You don't know with some of these guys. Mm -hmm. And some of them do weird stuff too. Like I'll match with them. We'll go, one guy we went out, had dinner. Thought we had a fine time, but I didn't really like him, but whatever. He messaged me later saying like he didn't think I had fun and then like unmatched from me on the app. And like, I don't know if he bought my number. I didn't text him, but I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like you have some deeper stuff going on. there. But again, that goes back to the insecurity you were yeah. talking about. Yeah. That, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, he probably felt because you were trying to, you know, get to know him and be respectful. He took that as you weren't jumping up and down or maybe you just weren't like stroking his ego or you didn't try and give him a handy underneath the table and he's like oh she didn't have a good time she didn't try and touch my dong (laughs) yeah maybe who knows what goes through these guys minds you know going back to a lot of girls getting married young in college we would do this thing and i'm sure a lot of other sorority sisters who are listening just at any sorority there was a thing called candlelights yeah where you would pass around a candle actually okay as these words are coming out of my mouth i'm like getting creeped out yeah We'd sing the song, go into the chapel and we're gonna get married. So I want you to imagine like 300 sorority girls in a chapter room. In a big circle. In a big circle. And we'd light a candle and we'd pass around the candle and whoever got engaged secretly that weekend would blow out the candle and we'd all scream and be like, tell us everything. And I'll never forget, there was one girl, she was 20 years old. And she blew out the candle and our, I think we were seniors at the time and we all went, no. <laughs> Stop. And it was this whole thing. I mean, they're married and they're that's great. But right. I just remember having that outer body experience in that moment thinking, I this isn't what fulfills me. Right. 
Yes, yeah, and to each their own. I'm not trying to right. be judgmental about it, but right. it was just a shock and an awe to me at that moment yeah. that somebody was getting married at 20. I thought, like, that was a stereotype about the South that I thought, oh my, no, you're like that's not would true. Do that. Yeah, oh no, it's true. What's interesting about all that to me though is like at the time, yes, I would not have traded places with anyone that was getting married like before age 25, probably. Mm-hmm. But now they look at me now and they're like, I feel so bad for you. Like at least they're kind of, I mean, yeah, I've gone. You know what? No, tell them to go fuck themselves. (laughs) But you You don't need their pity. Well, and also, I mean, I have friends tell me all the time too. They're jealous. I get to do whatever I want. So it's not just that. But, you know, it's just funny how like life goes on. And then it's like, I feel like I've lived a whole other life. Oh, you really have, you know, and, and they, and if you got married really young and had your kids really young, you have too. And they're going to be, have their kids out of the house by the time they're 40 and like have another life, you know, who knows? We're going to be pregnant at 40. I honestly, I got a message one time. This woman said, this was so fucking bizarre. Again, people tell me the weirdest shit. Mm. This woman messaged me. She said, I'm really sad for you. And I said, oh, so sorry. Why? I swear to God, this woman lived in Athens, Georgia. Shout out to Athens. Go Bulldogs. But I was like, okay. Rachel, chill the fuck out. She said, I just feel like you should try and have kids as soon as possible because you don't want to be an old mom. I said, first of all, you don't even know if my shit works. <laughs> Second of all, um, my mom had me at 40 and Robin's in her fucking prime. Yeah. yeah. Also, how do you know what I want? Yeah, shut the fuck up. I hate that. But I, and I looked, started going through stuff. Of course, she worked in an ML, MLM. She's pushing like weight loss shakes on all of her ladies in the community yeah. in Athens. Yeah. But I really had that moment. I was like, I couldn't imagine having a kid at 22. Oh, yeah. It'd be terrifying. And all of my girlfriends are about to start having their second child. I don't know what, and we were talking about this at breakfast today. There's, I don't have that moment inside of me that's giving me, I need a baby tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I look around to our other friends. Most of our girlfriends are two or three kids. Yeah. I, I kind of, it makes me feel a little insecure. Like, is there something missing inside of me? Why no. don't I have that maternal instinct right now? Sometimes I don't think you have it till the kid shows up. That's a good point. I really don't. I mean, I look at, like, when I was growing up, I was the oldest grandchild. I babysat all the time, like, total natural babies and stuff. Right. And I had so many friends that were, like, pregnant being like, I don't know what, I never babysat, or I don't know what to do with a baby. And then the kid comes out, and they do great. I don't know if it's, like, the way you are in your career. Like, I'm just now starting to get traction, and I worked for 10 fucking years. I looked at Jeff, I was like, we cannot actually have a child now. Like, I have to go finish the job that I started. Totally. And it's, like, kind of a selfish thing, but I was like, but it's your life. It is my life. And also, like, think about it. You're bringing another human onto planet Earth. Like, you want to bring them in at a great, you know, make it the best situation you can for them. Right. Right? So if it's better to wait a few years or whatever, because so you can do stuff you want to do. But then we're going to have the kids. Yeah, Howard, we're going to have kids at the same time. Yeah. Where yeah, our kids are going to be, yeah, 10 years younger than everybody else's. Yeah. They're all going to be babysitting our kids. Th- that's fine, though. It'll actually. be great. That would be smart. It's going to be awesome. We're trying to get live in daycare. They will have literally every possible like child mishap that could have happened will mm-hmm. happen to all of our friends before we ever have a baby. So any anything we run into, they're going to tell us what to do. Oh, I can call anybody. I have yeah. a Rolodex, literally 10 sorority sisters. Who did IVF? Check. Done. You know what I mean? Oh, who yeah. had a miscarriage? Check. Let's discuss it. Tell me what, what, oh, what's going yeah. on. Yeah, it's sad, really, if you think of how many people we know. But Yeah, but that's life. Totally. I mean, not to like turn it on that. And I hope you don't mind that I shared this, but Howard and I have connected. And and after my dad passed, you were so kind. And I really felt like you have a different connection. I always talk about people who've lost a parent or have gone through cancer. You just had this, this overwhelmingly like universal um, understanding. Yeah. And you lost your mom when you were in high school to yeah. cancer, correct? Yeah. yeah. And it was 
you know, do you care? Do you mind no. if I share what kind of cancer? No. She had lung cancer, correct? Right, right. And never smoked. Yeah. Like kind of just like a, what the fuck? Fluke. Total fluke. Yeah. And do you find yourself as an adult, like, you know, your mom's been gone for so long now. Mm-hmm. It's like these moments of, especially I think probably on the search to like, look for, like, look for oh, a mate. Yeah. There's probably so many times you want to reference things to her and be like, mom, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, see, the thing that's so weird for me, I'm at the point now where things happen and I'm like, I don't know what my mom would say. Or right. <laughs> right. You know, because I didn't know, I didn't know her like on that level. Like as an adult. I did, yeah. Like I didn't get old enough to like be friends with her. Do you know what I mean? I hear you. So it was like, she was still like my mom and I was like pissed at her half the time because right. I, I was 15. Right. And I like wanted to do stuff or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I, that's a really weird thing. I mean, I'm really fortunate. One of my mom's best friends like texts me. We probably talk like every single week. Right. And so she's like my person. I've told my mom online dating stuff and she's always like, absolutely not to everyone. Right. But yeah, it is a weird, um, I don't know. I think that had such a big impact on me being a teenager. Uh-huh. And I kind of looked at, even then I knew my mom was young. Like, and, right. you know, you think someone in their forties is old when you're a teenager, but I knew like, this is not normal. All my other friends' parents are not dying. You right. know, like, right, right. Yeah, like this is, this is exceptional. And I think that's part of what is like, and she loved being a mom and was like so fulfilled being a mom with me and my brother. And she was the best mom. But sometimes I think of it and I'm like, I got to do all the stuff she never got to do, you know? Wow. That is so poignant. Like, yeah. Like I got to like, I want to travel and like have a career. And she worked some and enjoyed it, you know, but things were just different then. You yeah. know, it's like you had kids and you stayed home and you were the PTA mom and you you know, I just like and I listen. Feel shout way. out to all the stay-at-home moms who are doing their damn oh, thing. Oh yeah, she like, loved it. Yeah, live your she, life. She absolutely yeah. loved it. Like that but was it is her a different life. experience. But I hear yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, it's like, and I I got to a point when I started working. Mm-hmm. I literally called my dad one day, and I'm like, Dad. I mean, I always thought I was just going to be just like mom and stay at home and have kids, and like I really like having a job. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of freaked me out, and he was like, "That's fine." He's like, like, he's that's like, what normal adults yeah, do, he's Howard. Like, he's like, that's fine. Like sometimes she loved y'all, but sometimes she wanted to scream bloody murder being stuck at home with you all day. You know, like this is good. You like, how old, did your mom have you young or how old were you? Um, no, she was like, th- well, uh, it's re- all relative. She was yeah. like 30 when she had me, 35 when she had my brother. Because my mom had me at 40 and I forget, like we were saying, like being an older parent, she had a full life. She had a full mm-hmm. career. And then she was like, okay, now I'm going to settle down yeah. and do the stay-at-home mom thing and, yeah. and take care of the kids. So I forget that she's lived like nine lives. There are so, this is the biggest thing. I've learned this so much from watching my dad over the years. Mm-hmm. There's so many phases to life. Amen, sis. Like you can start over a million times. You could. Like you, I mean, I look at my dad and like he and my mom were soulmates and he was so heartbroken when she died. And, you know, he's had to like overcome that, you know, put his energy into me and my brother. And that was a whole phase. And then he got us out of the house. And then he's had other phases since and gotten to do different things. And so whenever I feel like, oh, I'm going to die doing online dating forever, (laughs) like this is never going to happen. I'm like, no, it's a phase. It's just a phase. And I do think that when you do meet that right person, Honestly, I hate to say it, but it'll just be that much more of a richer emotional experience. That's what like, they say. I had a man who wanted my, my a mold of my mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Totally. I just, again, it comes down to why, why is it that our expectations, like really you coming out the gate saying, I don't care what they look like. I don't yeah. care how tall they are. I just want them to engage me in conversation, ask me about myself. And be respectful. And be respectful. 
you're asking for bare bones, the minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's probably hard too when you have other friends that are married, it's hard for them to relate to you. You know, you sit at their kitchen counter, tell them your war stories. They're like barely trying to keep the lights on with, you know, diapers and shit like that. And so it's very hard. Like I I love having these conversations with my girlfriends who are online dating because I never experienced that. Yeah, you're blessed. Yeah, I know. Truly, truly. It's true. But I love having the mom friends Mm because those are the ones I like share my location with. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Literally, my friend Claire, I went out on a date one night and I sent her, here's my location, like track me. And I never texted her when I got home because I forgot. And the next morning she goes, I woke up at 4 a.m. and checked your location. And I'm like, yeah. Thanks, girl. That's a good girl. That's what I need. Yeah, she got that maternal instinct. Like the moms got your back. Now, what is your safety protocol when you go on a date? I just tell people, like multiple people, what okay. I'm doing. And then if I feel like it's weird, that I like try to make a plan. Uh, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Where I'm like, hey, I'm going to try to keep this to two hours. So if I haven't texted you in like two hours, like text me or something like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm going to let you know if I'm going to hang out with this guy longer. Or I tr- like I said, I try to have plans afterwards. And do you usually share your location with someone always? Yeah. Or you got to. You have to. There was a guy in Atlanta. This was the biggest thing. He would look like a totally normal dude. He was on hinge or something. He matched with this woman. And what he would do is he would beat the women up in his (gasps) car and then like throw them out on the side of the road. What? This woman was held basically against her will. And this enemy drove like, not that it matters what kind of car he drove, but he drove like a nice BMW. (gasps) So she thinks, sociopath. Yeah, sociopath, American psycho. He beat her up in his car for like three hours straight and she was finally able to break loose. The guy's in jail now, but this just happened. That's terrifying. It's terrifying. And that's the thing because I am just like, just like you, you want to believe the good in people. You hang out with someone, you think they seem all right. You know, it could be easy to say it's fine if he gives me a ride or whatever, but you really shouldn't do that. And then they have like all their previous dates, eyelashes and a Tupperware (laughs) container in the back. Oh my God. Yeah. Always meet somewhere. Always meet in public. I always take my own Uber or whatever. Smart. You just gotta, you can't be too careful with these freaks. You really can't. And so ladies, we do want to encourage you safety first. If you are calling into the Absolutely Not line, I'd love to hear some just war stories. Yes. Keep, you got to keep the voicemails precise though. Be like, yo, my name's Claire. I went out with this dude once. He asked me for a pair of my panties and stole my mail. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. need just specifics. <laughs> and I would really love to get into... Um, these just horrific online dating experiences because it is the number one thing women say to me. It's like, oh, I got a crazy story for you. I got a crazy story for you. And I just feel like, do I need to be the whistleblower on this? I'm not the only person who's not online dating who's heard these stories from friends. I'm like, I'm trying to be a shoulder to cry on. But also it makes me want to become like, like an online dating monitor. Like I'm scared for the safety of my friends. Yeah, this could be the coffee table book. Yes, Instead of the, the nurses, instead smoking. of the nurses smoking, it could be the it could be the dating profiles, and then like the blurb of what like nasty thing they did. That's a great idea. Yeah, we should do that. We're gonna trademark it. We All already right. patented. Don't anybody try and steal it. <laughs> so yeah. Howard, let's talk about kind of like you know how we got to know each other, and I I think I get a lot of questions too. So many women are like, we need to know about like your college experience. Oh wow, we fucking thrived. Okay, this when I think about you in college, mm-hmm. we haven't talked about this in forever. This is the one thing I think about. Do you remember that one? Well, there's a couple, but do you remember the one night you had like a dance do? You had to like have this choreographed dance. Yes. And we stayed up all night <laughs> playing that Nelly Furtado song over and over and over, over and over. You don't me. Yeah. A million times all night long. We stayed up all night in the chapter room at the DG house. We moved all the furniture out. 
I don't remember that. Well, no, I do I remember was, it. I was studying for a test, uh-huh. also known as running your music for your <laughs> rehearsal. <laughs> that was the other thing because I was a, you know, a theater arts major at this very, I feel like everybody was either a pharmacy major or a business major. Right. I We had a tiny little building. I was always in like yoga pants. People were like, yeah. did you just come from ballet? I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's my requirement. Yeah, yeah. But it was kind of fun because so many of our girlfriends were pharmacy majors. Like, they're like, wait, so you just do a jazz routine for a grade? I'm like, you bet yeah. your ass I do, McKenzie. <laughs> and I'm stressed the fuck out right now. <laughs> I'm going to be up all night rehearsing this. All night. Yeah, that's why. See, I, I'm like good at school. Mm-hmm. But college was hard for me because I'm so social. Mm-hmm. It was like, if I had the choice, like you got to study for this test that you need to pass or hang out with Heather all night listening to like Furtado, <laughs> like 100%, I'm going to do that. <laughs> like, I'm just going to wing it on the test. I wouldn't have passed Ole Miss if I had to take like real classes. I mean, I couldn't say no to a social event with my friends. Howard, I took summer session every year because I just loved it. Yeah. I loved, I never wanted to oh, leave yeah, Oxford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to take one like light math requirement, like a legit set like on college it. algebra. Yes. And I dropped out two times because <laughs> I was so stressed the fuck out. Numbers aren't my thing. Yeah. So I ended up taking statistics one summer. I got a C in it. I've never gotten a C in my life. Got a C in it. And the teacher was literally like, he's like, listen, you came in, you gave a good hearty try. I'll just give you a C. He's like, I've never had anybody make such a bad grade in statistics. <laughs> I was Aww. like, listen, sir, I am an arts major. I thrive in a creative space. And this is a real buzzkill. And he was like, go with God. We'll just make sure you get that. Just get out of here. Just get a don't passing come back. grade. Yeah, don't yeah. come back. Yeah, I think about too, like all those pranks we used to do. Let's talk about the pranks. Yeah, I love doing we the pranks. We were a little mischief, if you will. <laughs> I loved doing the pranks in Crosby. Okay, Crosby was our dorm. We had this very, to me, self-righteous, yes. over-the-top, a little zealous, religious gal in our sorority. Mm-hmm. And who was just a fucking buzzkill in every sense of the word. Just like, yeah, like the she was like the patrol kind of. Yeah, like we're drinking, you know, Mike's Hard Lemonade mm-hmm. in room 2B. Yeah. And she's next door condemning us. Yeah, like like making notes and like turn us into the RA or something, you know? So one night you and I had had like, you know, 10 Seagrams or something. <laughs> and we were like, let's fuck with her. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I crushed up a bunch of white Tums. In a Ziploc baggie. In a Ziploc baggie. This was mean. When I look back, this is probably no, stupid this, and fucked this up. This was not mean. It was totally harmless. Honestly, her reaction was mean. <laughs> so tell them what she did. So so Heather crushes up the Tums. Uh-huh. And it, um, you can imagine what a powdery white thing looks like in a Ziploc bag. And we're like, all right, let's just bust in her room, act like we're really messed up. And I'm going to accidentally drop the bag in her floor. <laughs> okay. Like so, we were like Miami Coke like, dealers. <laughs> I don't even think we were drunk, honestly. I think we were totally sober. No, this was this. like a Wednesday at 6 p.m. Yeah, okay. So, so we go in there. We do it. It should have come across like very obvious that we were just like being ding dongs. Uh-huh. Drop the baggie. We run. <laughs> Literally make, make, make hay, like a hot tail it down the hall, slam the door. And then a little while later, she comes down in the room and she's like, she like has the baggie and she's like, um, did you forget this? You left something. And we were like, oh, like act like we're embarrassed. I'm trying not to laugh. I can never not laugh during this Like, stuff. why were we trying to prove to this girl that we did cocaine? She literally says, what was it? We said something to her and she's like, I mean, I'm not that surprised. And we were like so offended. We were like, we actually don't do <laughs> we cocaine. don't do drugs at all. <laughs> like, oh my God, you're so rude. But we instigated the entire event and then we like got personally offended by it. <laughs> we were so like, 
Honestly, Whitney, we don't even do coke. But the fact that you think I do do coke, like that just proves that you're like the worst. Can we talk about something? Because you know this person and I'm going to change her name to, let's call her Katie Miller. Okay. You know her last name. Okay. She came to my show in Memphis. Okay. And we weren't friends in college. Okay. Not a sorority sister. Okay. She came to the backstage at my show in Memphis, which was just a total, that was like one of the coolest shows I've ever done. It was so fun. She was like, I was like, oh my God, Katie, you're here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for showing support. She's like, I always knew you were crazy and like too much in college, but I see it's paid off for you. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about a backhanded compliment. And I remember Cervati was looking at me, our other sorority sister, Catherine Cervati. And I looked at her and Cervati looked at me and I go, I literally was like, thanks for coming, Katie. Appreciate the $100 ticket sale. Like, I, I didn't mean, know what to say. Was yeah. I that much? I don't think I was that crazy in college. No, I think you were just very confident. Like you were just like confident and like totally comfortable as yourself. And a lot, it's not Ole Miss. Just a lot of college kids in general aren't comfortable with who they are. You know, it's like a, it can be a weird time. Oh, such a weird time. And I think that people can be jealous of that, you know? But it was so weird because I was jealous of the girls who like had the perfect shit together. Right. Were the pharmacy majors, da da da, da. Like yeah. I'm running to my tap class sweating. Pooping your pants. Pooping my pants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, no, I literally I did shit I, my pants. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah. You brought your shit pants to my room afterwards. <laughs> Jeff, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we were so hungover. We yeah. had like a swap. And if you don't know what a swap is, it's a fraternity sorority party. We, it was like, us again in the SAEs. They probably okay. almost tried to kill us. Probably. I was walking to tap the next day. I had like a 3 p.m. tap class. I got barely up the hill and I was like, you know, when your son was like, <laughs> I know it just happened. It was like the scene from Bridesmaids where Maya yeah. Rudolph is in the wedding dress in the middle of the street. She goes, it's happening. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, it's happening. <laughs> I ran back to the dorms yeah. and I, and I was in the bathroom and I came in your room and I think I was like, Howard, I was in tears. I was yeah. like, I just shit myself. <laughs> and you're like, Heather, we all have shit ourselves today. I don't know what's worse, like throwing up on yourself or pooping your pants. I think pooping your pants. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Like they're both pretty bad. We yeah. definitely all throw up on ourselves. In college. And the thing is, you don't see either of them coming. It's out of nowhere. It just hits you. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's too late. There are moments where I really, truly like don't know how we survived college. I know. Well, thank God for Rebel Ride. Our little shuttle that would shuttle us around. Remember from like Fraternity yeah. Road to Sorority Road to the Square? You know, these asshole kids that. now, they've got, I mean, they, they're living such a luxurious life. They have Uber, they have Oh, Lyft. yeah. No, we, we had, didn't have that shit. I had to call a thing called Angel Taxi. Yeah, yeah. This woman named Martha would show up. Yeah. She had two tooths, yeah. would be chain smoking cigarettes, yep. pull, you up, pull up in a Lincoln Town car. Literally, she'd be more fucked up than I was. No doubt. She'd be like, Heather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She'd pick me up at the Chevron. Yeah. She'd be like, Heather, get in the car. <laughs> and I was, oh, yeah. I'd be no. lucky if we'd make it home. We had to call cabs like on the phone. No, no texting or apps or whatever. Or you were walking. Or you were walking. Which was fine. We needed the steps. <laughs> we needed to burn some cows. So in our sorority house, we would do these things called Fried Friday, oh. which was perfect because you usually had a swap on a Thursday night, which means you were hungover as shit yeah, yeah, on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Like to me, I would never, I, well, I'd go out on Fridays, but Thursday night was my night to jam. No doubt. So we'd show up and like lunch started being served at like 1045 in the morning. <laughs> 1030, yeah. Fried catfish, fried chicken tenders, fried fr French Mozzarella fries. sticks, fried pickles, hush puppies. Tater tots. Tater tots. Everything fried onion rings. Oh, fuck yeah. Anything fried you could ever imagine. The whole buffet was all the same color. Yeah, it was. It was just beige day. <laughs> Everything was just brown. 
And we would sit in there and one of the guys, James, who worked in the sorority house, he would play on the piano yeah. like hymnals. We'd all be hung over singing church songs. <laughs> eating, eating chicken tenders. Yeah, eating chicken tenders, like laughing our asses off. Yeah. God, that was the best. It was the best. I loved living in the house. It was my favorite. But remember when we thought it was haunted though? It is haunted. Yeah, that, that was kind of scary. You know more about the history. And even though I was in charge of teaching the younger girls the <laughs> history of our sorority, I really kind of phoned it in a little bit. I was yeah, a little distracted. Well, you know. Um, but you really have been invested in in the outcome of our sorority. <laughs> I mean, I I think the whole ghost thing we pretty much totally created. Like we kind of made it up, but then weird stuff did happen, so it was kind of freaky. Well, the house was haunted because the old Zeta house was next door to us, and that woman had killed herself. No, I think we. I don't think that happened. Like I think we thought that, but that isn't what really happened, right? No, that's what the, the alumni told me. They said the oh. reason Zeta shut down was because a woman jumped off the roof <gasps> from like a bad, like rush experience. I mean, oh, this happened God. like the 70s. I could be wrong. Maybe we did make that up. I don't know. We should ask someone. Why would we make up ghost stories? I mean, we were making up drug no, deals. Weird stuff did happen though with the ghosts. Like weird, weird things happen. But I loved living in the house, food all the time. That's why I put on 75 pounds. Literally, we would eat three dinners. We did our first dinner at like 5 p.m. when dinner came out, okay? That's when you'd have like the t- like uh, uh, Oprah's unfried chicken or the Dorito chicken casserole. Okay. That's Let's just five. break down a Dorito chicken casserole. It's exactly what you'd think. Shredded, yes. delicious, tender chicken, mm-hmm. crushed Doritos on top with like cheddar. a cream of mushroom yeah. and cheddar. Bunch of, bunch of cream of mushroom and cheddar Doritos on mm-hmm. top. <laughs> so you'd start off with that about five. Then, you know, you go get ready for the night. Around like six or seven, you go out to dinner right. on the square or of somewhere course. and have some drinks, have dinner. And then you come home late at night and you eat food again. Eat chicken on a stick. We get something to go at Chevron. Order pizza. Explain to people what chicken on a stick was. It's just like a big piece. It's a big, huge fried chicken tender, but it's on a big like stick. And we would get these and pizza rolls at a Chevron gas station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lime would be out the door at the gas station to get the food. Gas station food in Mississippi is not the same as gas station food everywhere else. You're exactly right. The best chicken salad I have ever had in my life and the best pimento cheese is from a gas station in Oxford, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Great sausage biscuits. Fuck yeah. I mean, you want some uh, pizza rolls, corn dogs? We got you. Yeah, it's great. There's so many tender memories that I have of Mississippi. And I, you know, I ended up there on a fluke and I've told everybody this story a thousand times, but I had no expectations going into to living in Mississippi. Yeah. And, and again, we were in a very niche situation. We were in Oxford. It's like a liberal arts school. Like it was amazing. Yeah. But I re- just, those, those years really honestly transformed me into the human I am today. Oh, no doubt. Mississippi people are the best people. Best people. It's just one big small town. Yeah. You, I mean, anyone you know there knows someone who knows someone who knows your aunt or your uncle or it's just all one big connection. It, I agree. The best thing I learned about Ole, at Ole Miss was like how to function as an adult. Which is kind of ironic <laughs> because we were like just drugging ourselves all we the time. We were barely but, functioning. But we did learn, you know, you learn how to network. That's, that's the I thing. Learned. Oh, that's the thing. That's the biggest thing. That's why I was like, I'd rather go do stuff with my friends and study for class because, I mean, I'm a salesperson. Right. Like none of those classes mattered at all. But what I learned about dealing with people is my whole career. Yes. And the fact that it was small enough where you kind of did know everybody. I mean, we had like, what, 16,000 kids undergrad, yeah. but we knew everybody. Oh, yeah. And I know that nowadays, if I need something, if I was like, if I needed a kidney, I'd make two phone calls and I got my kidney. There's you no know? doubt. 
There's no doubt. Yeah. Is there something about it? I mean, you live, one of the rooms I lived in in the Deej, there was four of us in one room, like literally smaller than your bedroom. Like when you live that close with people. But it was the best. It was the best. I, I've said this on the podcast before, but when I meet friends from like other parts of the country, they're shocked to find out, like my friends from New York are like, you were in a sorority? I was like, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, it wasn't like that. It's not mean. It's not. Yeah, there was no mean girl about it, except when we pretended to drop cocaine in this one bitch's room. Yeah, and that was just for fun. She honestly was the worst. I mean, she obviously already thought we were terrible, so we just proved it. I'm not surprised. We just proved our point. Um, no, but it was not like superficial. It wasn't like, it was, when we were going through girls and stuff, it was more like, what are their grades? What's their personality? What were the activities at school? Like, that's the stuff we cared about. Well, actually, hold on. Let's back up. I'm not throwing any of our alumni under the bus, but when I got on the other side of like doing Rush, I was A, fucking shocked anybody let me in, into the sorority. But we didn't really have a say in anything. We had like four older women from Mississippi who basically were like, I know that, I know Isabel's grandmother and they have money in the bank so she can come in. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. we had to we had to change things up, be a little bit more progressive. We did. We, but there we were changed moments, it up. We yeah. let in girls from outside the state of Mississippi. That was big. I'll never forget when one of our old alumni, she came in to give us a pep talk before Rush. She's like, where's that girl from St. Louis? And it was my little sister, <laughs> Allie, in the yeah. sorority. And Allie, like, raised her hand. She goes, you're lucky to be here. <laughs> She and, meant it too. And then she said it to, to um, Meg Grow. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Meg because from North Carolina. She's like, where are those girls from North Carolina? And Meg's like, right here. She goes, you lucky. <laughs> like as if North Carolina it. was like was the New Jersey. Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the reason you got in was Megan Crockford. For sure. Yeah. Like one good Atlanta girl that was like, listen, I vouch for her. She's funny and can party. Let's go. <laughs> in. I'm sorry, we're really going down like memory lane, but it's if, if you were in a sorority, you know how it is. You just know how it is. It's great. It's the thing that your parents tell you, these are the, going to be the best years. Mm -hmm. And you're like, not really. And then you get out and you're like, that was amazing. I had no responsibility. No responsibility. Like, I mean, I didn't really have to do anything. I got locked out of the sorority house the first week I moved in and there was there's a thing on on campus, a hotel called the In It Ole Miss. <laughs> I was so blacked out walking home from the ATO house or something or the KA house one night. Oh, no. I just got a hotel room and I put it on like the Amex that my dad had given me for like emergencies. emergencies. Like if the car catches on fire, <laughs> emergencies. And I woke up the next morning at noon to literally the lady knocking, like the housekeeper knocking on the door being like, are you okay? I woke up in a John Deere jacket. I don't know <laughs> who's this. Somebody let me their jacket to like walk across campus back home. Uh -uh. I wake up. I'm in my dress from the party or whatever. I panic. I'm like, where the fuck am I? I'm the only one in here. I'm like, thank God thank it God. wasn't like there wasn't a dude here. Yeah. So I, I, I call you. You were in class. You didn't answer. So one of my girlfriends, Christina, picked me up and I'm like, I swear to God, I didn't bring anybody to this hotel room. It seems sketchy as fuck. I just got locked out of the house. So I just thought this was the closest place. Yeah. So I have to call my dad. And I'm like, hey, dad, um, this is going to seem really weird, but I put a hotel room on the uh, on the credit card last night. And he was like, I said, I promise it's like I wasn't being a hoe. My dad goes, Heather, I'm hoping that if you took a man there, he'd fucking pay for it. So I know you weren't being a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> and I was right like, on. fair enough, dad. Right on, Kyle. You got it. What happened to you when you were working at that radio station? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so speaking of like getting out of your element in college, uh -huh. you know, like I was like full throttle sorority life, like loved all that. And for some reason, I decided to go get a job at the Rebel radio station. Okay. It was like two hours a week. Okay. Okay. And I had never had a real job before. Like, I, if you want to count this as a real job, I'd always been like baby, neighborhood babysitter. Uh, let's, yeah, let's put it 
in this terms. Everything we had done prior to college was cash under the table, no taxes. (laughs) No taxes. You had to fill out a W-2 for the first time in your life. Exactly, exactly. So here I am working at Rebel Radio. I don't know anyone there Mm because it's like the newspaper's there, the yearbook is there. It's all in this big thing. But the radio station is at the very front of the building. I think it was Bishop, like over, like kind of by Martindale, like over by Fraternity Row. So I'm just sitting in there one day and like the DJ booth is literally all glass. You can see the walkway up into the building. And I had this like manager there, radio manager or whatever, and his office was kind of next door. And I'm just sitting there playing the music one day and I see these guys walking up front and they're like, they look like bounty hunters. And this is when like Dog the Bounty Hunter was like a big thing. And (laughs) they looked exactly like him. I'm like, I don't even know the show, but I know what those guys are because of this. And I'm like, that's They were weird. just in leather vests? Yeah, three men. Like, one of them had a curly ponytail and everything. Like, Fuck, it yeah. was literally the exact thing. You could thing. smell the menthol cigarettes and coming from a mile away. And they were on a, a mission. You could mm-hmm. just tell. That, I mean, they were walking, surely. So, my manager pops out of the room. He goes, uh, those guys come in here? And I was like, I think so. He takes off. And I'm like, that's weird. You know, I mean, naive. Like, out the back door? Just, like, out the door in general. Yeah, out the back door of the of the DJ booth while yeah. I'm spinning records. <laughs> and I'm like, that was kind of weird, like being a naive 20-something-year-old. Next thing I know, here come the bounty hunters holding my balls, carrying them out the front of the building. And I'm like, that, oh, shit. Like, that You're was like, weird. Rick, what'd you do? I'm like, that was so weird, but I have no friends here. I don't know what to do. So I just, I was like, I'm just going to stay in here and keep doing my job. <laughs> I'm just going to keep playing the radio. You're like, and the next song coming Literally. up is Nelly Furtado. So, so, yeah, I played your song for you probably. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, I, you know, not a lot of time. And it may, my shift was only like an hour. So not much time has gone by. The request line rings. Oh, <laughs> and I answer like, you know, WMS Oxford, whatever it was. And it's like, will you accept a call from Lafayette County Correctional? Oh, I'm not kidding. This guy used his one fucking phone call to, to call, call the, the radio? radio request line. And I'm like, oh God, oh God. So I just answer it. I'm just like, yes, like accept. And he's like, hey, uh, will you go find Blake? <laughs> and I literally had to go out and I'm like, is there a Blake here? Like, hello? You're like DJ Slick Rick got arrested. Excuse me? <laughs> so, and then he, I don't even know what transpires after that. Okay. I'm in full shock. So naturally, I go straight back to the DG house for my five o'clock dinner. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, y'all are not going to believe this. <laughs> and they're like, Howard, you, this is not true. Like, you're right. We don't believe you. Like, no one believed me. And I was like, this is such bullshit. Like, I, this really just happened to me. And I didn't, I didn't even have like a camera phone then. You know what I mean? I had like a Blackberry. So I couldn't like a video the event. Okay. Next morning, front page of the paper above the fold. Uh-huh. There he is. He had been like a total, like he wasn't even really a student. He was supposed to be a grad student or whatever. And he was like a total imposter. So he was, you know, he'd gotten arrested in like Hawaii, yes. was, but was hiding out in Oxford, Mississippi. Yes. And there were like warrants out for him and they came and got him oh, at the station. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He called the radio request line <laughs> with his one call from jail. Honestly, can I be honest? If I get arrested, I'm probably going to call like whatever the Atlanta, the number you know. like the rap station. <laughs> be like, yo, yo, yo. Help me. Somebody call my Somebody. attorney. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Wow. I, I grew up real quick after that. But we did. We survived. We thrived. And I, I do think like, oh, kind of bringing this full circle when it came to dating, we, you and I have had very different experiences. It was just, there was such a, so many people were like locked down and serial daters and we're going to get married young yeah. out of college. And we were kind of like, sky's the limit. We got to go and bust out. Yeah. Oh yeah. We got to bust out. I mean, did I sleep with too many people in college? Absolutely. Am I proud of it? Not at all. But you know what? Here I am. Yeah. Look at you now. You got the Italian stallion. Uh, you know, clean health record. Don't Absolutely. know how, but 
but it's true. But God, I had angels watching over me. Oh, sorry. I mean, and also I probably thought that I hooked up with more people, but it was just me getting hotel rooms by myself. Yeah, maybe. You're like, oh, I guess he left. <laughs> Here I am again. <laughs> Alone at the old Miss Inn. Yeah, oh my that's God. probably it. I probably have thought I was so drunk that I'm like, hey, I for sure hooked up with somebody <laughs> last night. And they're like, no, no Heather, actually, you, were, you peed you in were... the corner of the party. <laughs> you threw up on yourself. Yeah. I love it. And we are not encouraging binge drinking. I'm encouraging you call a friend, phone a friend, yeah. share, share your, your location. Your location. Absolutely. Is there anything that you would like to leave? It's just like parting words to, to anybody who's listening, something that you've learned along the way, and maybe an absolute yes, like a little spark of hope or positivity mm. to, to the other single gals and guys out there. Just maybe, you know, a, a word of wisdom that you felt like you've learned along your online dating journey. Well, I don't know if it's, I guess it pertains to online dating, but this is, this is really cheesy, but this is like my life motto. I love it. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. My dad used to always say, you can't control what happens to you. You can only control your attitude. Bingo. Bingo. Then it applies to online dating. So what? So I'm single and I'm going on these weird dates all the time, but I get to, you know, fly to Atlanta, hang out with my friend for a weekend. It's the best. There you go. So that's how I say, look at everything. And also, I think, you know what, when you talk about it and you're open about it and you put it out there in the universe, ladies, if you have a wonderful brother, cousin, maybe your ex-husband, you're like, he, we didn't work out, but he could be great for Howard. Right on. Bring him on. Yeah, bring him you on. you actually said you, you don't mind a guy who's been married because no. he's been, he knows what to expect. Oh, yeah. Well, he knows how to share his toys. Divorcees know what they want. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Probably has at least one wine glass I could drink out of too. Oh, for sure. You know, maybe two. Maybe two. And we're not asking, we're not even asking for a full set. Yeah. Yeah. Just two. I need just two. They don't even have to match. Yeah. Just, we need, I just need a decent wine glass. <laughs> it could actually be stimulus. Okay. Yeah. Just fine. let it have like a thin lip at the top so okay. I can enjoy my Chateauneuf de Pop. Love it. I love it. Elizabeth Howard, thank you for being here. Also, you, thank girl. you to um, all the podcast listeners. I, I get the biggest response when I just have my old friends and we chit chat about real stuff because you're always getting to uncover a new layer of my life and uh, just let you know that I don't know how we're still standing. Hotty toddy. Shout out to all the Ole Miss alumni. And if I was ever a crazy cunt to you in college, I apologize. <laughs> I was just drunk and, and, and really the, the nitrates from all the fried food were probably getting to my brain. Poison. Literally, I poisoned myself. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you. You can find my girl Elizabeth Howard in Nashville. Just be bopping around. And if you see her out on a date, by all means, rescue me. Rescue her or if you see something, say something. Right on. All right. Love and light, guys. <laughs> we'll see you on the next episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. Arrivederci. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon.